Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Tim Fowler, Senior Consultant for Remodelers Advantage. Tim's going to tell us all about one special technique that's sure to put a smile on your client's face every time. Can't wait to hear it. You're about to on this week's episode of Power Tips Unscripted. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari, who's VP and Chief Marketing Officer here at Modeler's Advantage. Hey, Mark. Hey, everybody. We are here to talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong and profitable remodeling company. And today I'm really excited about the person we're going to interview because he's one of the newer members of the Remodelers Advantage team. And I'm, he's brought a ton to the table, and that is Tim Fowler. Tim's been, hey. hey, Tim. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Tim's been in the industry, a, a consultant in the industry for over 20 years, and he is known as the guru of production, or we call him the, per, the master of production. He's the author of the Lead Carpenter Handbook. He's a facilitator for a lot of our peer groups, including those of our for our production managers. And uh, we're just delighted to have him aboard. So welcome to the podcast, Tim. Hey, thank you very much, Victoria. I am thrilled to be a part of this. And uh, everybody that's ever heard me speak knows I love talking about it. So here we go. <laughs> so, you know... I asked you for a topic that you felt was really apropos in today's world, something that's really been on the forefront of our members and your clients' minds. And you chose one that I thought was pretty interesting. Tell us about it. Well, zero punch list is what I want to you know, share with you today. And probably 15 years ago, I laughed at people who you know, talked about doing this. Uh, it seemed like such an unrealistic uh, dream in the world I was living in. And uh, probably five years ago, it started coming back up again. And so I've been paying closer attention to people that are doing it and trying to put together a plan or a system, if you will, for making it happen. Well, so define it for me. What the heck is zero punch? (laughs) Okay, well, what we're not talking about is no list at all. I think almost everybody knows that at some point in time, lists are a critical way to make sure you get things done and that you don't forget things. So what we're really talking about is that when the client actually walks through the project at the end with sales or whoever it is that's doing that final walk, there is no list. And the other thing that it means is that we are not asking the client to ever make a list. It just seems like an incredibly crazy idea for us to sort of set the client up for this expectation that we are going to leave things undone unless they find them. And so Mm. the idea is that when we do have a list, it's not the client who's making it for us. So do you really think that that's how some people thought that we're not going to fix it if the client doesn't notice it or doesn't add it to their list i mean that's not how a punch list that's not what a punch list was meant to be in the in the beginning was it no it's not meant to be that but the the critical thing is what is the reality not what we intended for it to be and so i think if most people go back and look at the lists that are made 
in the walkthrough with the client, they will find that 90, maybe 95% of every item on that list could have been seen by somebody before the walkthrough and taken care of. Things like uh, outlet covers, receptacle covers that are a little bit crooked, mm-hmm. uh, a door stopper, one door stopper. And I, and this is not just me making this up. This is me when I was a production manager. So this is, this is reality. One door stopper missing. Somebody could have seen that if they just paid better attention. So it's not like we're deliberately trying to leave stuff, but I have heard people say, and I've had said it myself, let's just leave that for the punch list. Mm-hmm. And, and so we actually are leaving unfinished work for the client to find and add to the punch list. And for those people who are listening, I'd be really surprised if there aren't some people out there saying, that in reality, when they walk through with the client, they are saying, you know what, if they don't put it on the list, we don't have to do it. That yeah. sounds terrible, but I think that's part of the mentality. Yeah, okay. So you're saying the punch list turns into kind of a safety net just to like everything can just drop into it. That's that's exactly safety net. Perfect, perfect uh, way to look at it, Mark. So why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing to let the client find a few things? No, I, obviously, we don't want them to have the attitude of not <laughs> fixing it, but yeah. Yeah, so it's a bad thing because it perpetuates the stereotype that contractors are just trying to take you for your money. And it, it's a trust factor. Uh, it's something that um, it, bre- it continues to breed the atmosphere of you have to watch the contractor. And so what I've tried to get my clients, our clients to understand is if they can get the client to truly believe that the contractor is looking out for them and their best interests, it makes the entire job go a whole lot more smoothly. And so some of the things that I think are important to do, if they're done well throughout the project, then you get down to the end and you don't have the client looking for those nitpicky little things. Okay. So how do you get started doing this? And, and who does it? How do you make sure everything gets done? I mean, okay. So the, the, the big thing is that it's a company culture. So it has to start with sales. So typically, and I know from my own experience as well as working with a lot of companies, that typically in the sales process, there's an explanation of how we're going to you know, do our financial draws. And it's almost always in the context of, We're going to get this much, this much, this much. And then at the punch list, after the list is created, we will get this final draw or after the list is created and then finished. And so right from day one, our sales teams unexpectedly are actually uh, creating an environment where the client says, okay, I have to make the list. So from the very beginning, sales has to say, you know, uh, there isn't going to be a list. And then right on down through from the lead carpenters, project managers, everybody right down to the people who are actually doing the work, trade contractors, everybody has to adopt an attitude that says there is not going to be a list. So if we create a list, it becomes before that time, and therefore there's no list for the client. Okay, so... Can I, so sure. just a quick question. So... I'm, I'm sure there's a couple out there, at least a few listening, think, you know, they might be a little um, cash flow strapped. 
It okay. tends to happen time to time. So what do you say to those guys where it's like, man, you know, I need the last draw. I got the bills coming and I need that draw. Let's just put this stuff on the punch list so I can get that money. Like that's number one to me. What do you say? Well, what I would say is create the list far enough ahead on your own so that when you get to that final walk through there isn't any list anymore so yeah. what i recommend to people is about 80 percent of the way through the project the job manager whether it's a lead carpenter or a project manager goes ahead and makes a total list of every little detail that has to be done before the job is officially done so that would include all the switch plate covers it would include the door stoppers it would include getting paint off of the door hinges all the everything that has to be done now, obviously at 80 percent, there's some big stuff that has to be done all the light fixtures still have to be set put it on the list and then what happens is you start working down the list you start crossing stuff off as you go through now another technique that is really critical is that you actually get the client involved in the list. Now, I've said it a couple of times and I want to reiterate it. The client doesn't make the list, but maybe at a weekly meeting, you say, what I'd like to do today is walk the job with you and show you the list that I've created right. that, will, that will finish this job up. And oh, by the way, if there's something else you see that I don't have on my list, please tell me because we really do want to end this job without any kind of a list left over. And so what we're doing is we're creating a list, we're engaging the client in the list, but instead of having them create the list on a blank piece of paper, we, we go ahead and have them add to our already existing list. Mm -hmm. So that's what gets us to the end so that when we actually do walk on the day that we are supposed to walk, we get the check and, and cash flow is not a problem. So other than lists, what are some other key elements to making this process functional in a company? Okay, so a, a couple other things uh, very quickly here. Uh, use checklists. Checklists help us focus on individual uh, activities and, and really good supervision of our sub trades is really critical. I think that in and of itself is where many, many of the items come from in terms of our, our final lists. And so carefully examining their work at the end of every time, every phase of their work will get us much, much closer to that. Another thing that, that is really key is a couple of sets of eyes. So if I'm your lead carpenter, even if I'm the world's best lead carpenter, I go job blind in the course mm -hmm. of things. So mm -hmm. one of the things that's being really talked about a lot is having another lead carpenter come on my job and actually help me make the list. And then maybe the production manager comes on and may, helps me make an addition to the list. So the more sets of eyes you have on it, the better off you're going to be in terms of getting it down to a workable list. Okay, so then what do you do about back orders and things like that? Okay, so this is a critical thing because sometimes we do actually have these problems of the back order that, you know, faucet just didn't come in mm -hmm. we put a temporary one in place it's still on the list so what i really want to encourage people is don't use the punch list as an excuse if it's at all possible to get that item 
uh, by whatever means you need to. In other words, your, your supplier might say, oh, that's back order. We can't get it for six weeks. But there are maybe there are some other channels. If you just spend a little more time, maybe spend another 10 bucks, something like that, and get that thing in. So don't use that as an excuse. But if it's absolutely necessary, you come to that final meeting with that item on your list and have the client understand that that's a back ordered item. But in other words, don't wait for them to tell you, you bring it to their attention. Okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. So, but at some point, you have to have a walkthrough, right? Yes. You have to take the client through it. That all has to happen. How do you handle it? How do you, what, what do you do if they start spotting things? Okay. So quick, well, first of all, hopefully you've had them spot everything beforehand. So by getting them involved in walking through before the final walk, you hopefully have gotten them through all the things that they, uh, they think are critical. So what's happening uh, with companies that are actually doing this, they're, they're using that final walkthrough as a celebration or just a, wow, look at how amazing this project is. And it sounds kind of corny, but there's at least one company that I know of that's actually bringing cake and balloons to the walkthrough. And nice. they, they just enjoy, you know, the process of walking through and saying, look at this amazing space because they've taken care of everything beforehand so that's what i would encourage companies to do really see this as not a place to catch items what we're going to do at this walkthrough is we're going to talk with the client we're going to talk about how great things are and we're going to go from there the re the, the thing that i the the way that i get to this is you any other product that you buy from anybody when you finally take delivery of it nobody's going to hand you a roll of blue tape and say, <laughs> go around and mark everything that's wrong with your product and we'll fix it before you, before you actually accept it. Nobody does that. Right. They talk about how great it looks. This is fantastic. I'm so glad you made this choice. All those kinds of things. And that's what makes the end of the job so exciting for a client rather than, hey, you know, you just spent $100,000 and here's 20 things that aren't done right. yet. It, are there... New terms or new names for things that you recommend to get us to change that mentality? I mean, even the final walkthrough, is there another? Yeah. Well, what this company that I'm referring to, they call it a celebration walkthrough. I think okay. every company has to kind of get a term, you know, for themselves, whatever they're comfortable with. I think that's a, a, a whole mind shift. I'm trying really hard to never say punch list again. Uh, I, I want to say completion list. I want to say, you know, uh, pre-complete, whatever kind of thing we need to get. But just that whole concept of getting it out of the mentality is huge. And find something else to do uh, in terms of that final walk. Okay, so what are some of the steps that people should do to start to implement this? And how long should it take, do you think? Okay, so I know from my experience, it's taken companies probably a year to get it really, get it really working. And I know in the course of all that, you may kind of get discouraged and go, wow, this, this won't work, but keep it up. Other companies I know have said, okay, we're shooting for 10 for the next five or six jobs, eight jobs. We're going to try to get our list down to 10 or less. And then another company that I'm familiar with that their goal was five. Now I've kind of pushed them a little bit and said, you know, you got it down to five, go for the zero, man. That, I mean, mm -hmm. don't be content with the five. But if you work your way down 
and then you analyze what, why are those 10 things still on there and is there a way we could have eliminated them and why do we have these five things and is there a way to eliminate them and then eventually you can mm -hmm. get it down to that zero. The other thing to watch out for is once you get there, it's still work. You have to constantly work at it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just automatically happen. It's something that you make happen rather than just let it happen. It does seem that the use of a checklist would, that you develop, and it may, again, it might take you a year yeah. for a thorough checklist, but it seems like that would save tons of time and zone you right into the problem areas. It does, and, and I actually went to the trouble of putting together a completion list uh, checklist and things like door stoppers and, and paint on hardware and you know those kind of things are on there to kind of make the individual using it to actually focus their attention on those things rather than standing in the middle of the room kind of looking around going mm -hmm. like, wow, this looks really good anything, anytime like that. The other thing is put yourself in the position where the client's going to be stand in front of the bathroom mirror with the lights on and see what you see behind you. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> sit down on the toilet and see what they're yeah. going to see while they're sitting on the toilet. These are all <laughs> kind of standard things in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Take a seat and sit down and look up under the cabinets and see what the client's going to see, because those are all the things they're gonna that are gonna pop up when the client starts using the mm -hmm. space. All right, that is awesome, Tim. Do you think? What do you think Thank about you. as far as the? Um, should there be incentives involved with this or anything like that? Or uh, I think the incentive probably for most field staff is that the client's gonna be delighted. I mean, a big part mm -hmm. of the motivation for many of us is I want my client to love me, and they're gonna love you if you're in and out of there. You know, when you say you're gonna be in and out of there. I think it would be appropriate if a business owner wants to, to give out something that says, congratulations, you did it. It's not really an incentive mm -hmm. so much as a reward. Like a recognition. Recog yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a recognition. Yes, right. exactly. That's, that's probably a better term for it. Yeah. So of all the companies that you work with, and I know there's hundreds, <laughs> what percent do you think have embraced this philosophy, even if they're not quite there yet? Well, I don't know, maybe five or six, 10% at this point. But I will say this, when I go to visit a company to do consulting with them, almost always, this is the last segment we talk about, kind of like we're ending the consulting. Mm -hmm. And we you know, use this segment as an end and people are excited about it. And I, I hope it's not just the excitement that I have wears off on other people, but they're excited about this idea because we're all tired of getting to the end of the job and the list goes on for a week, goes two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks. Yeah, It's a huge financial drain and it's a huge emotional drain. Nobody wants that going on. And so the fact that people are doing it helps people mm -hmm. believe that it can be done. Right. That's half the battle right there, isn't it? It sure is. It's, it's what's between the ears. Don't we call it the head trash? You right? got it. That's right. Get rid of that head trash. <laughs> That's <laughs> where it is, right between the ears. You know what? It's that time what's of that? the show. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap. <laughs> you excited? I'm excited. All right. I'm putting 60 seconds on the clock. Here come your questions. You ready? Got it. Let's do it. Go What's your it. favorite business book and why? 
Okay, it's got to be the Oz principle. It's it, the subtitle is developing a culture of accountability, and I think it has the best view of accountability that I've seen anywhere. If you weren't a consultant and facilitator, what do you think you'd be doing? <laughs> I don't know that there is another job I could be doing, but I joke about the fact that if I'd learned earlier that you could make a living fishing, <laughs> I'd probably be doing that. <laughs> what are you not very good at? I am not very good at artistic things like painting a picture or sculpting or that sort of thing, which is kind of interesting because I love putting buildings together. <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car? Which do you clean first? Uh, it's got to be the desk because I don't let the other stuff get messy. <laughs> what do you think of garden gnomes? Garden gnomes? <laughs> uh, I think they're ridiculous. <laughs> How old is the oldest pair of shoes you own? Oh, at least 10 years, maybe longer. Estimate how many windows are in New York. <laughs> how many windows are in New York? 82 billion. <laughs> well, Tim, as always, some wonderful tips and tactics for people to use to improve the results they're getting from their business. And there's nothing better than a delighted client who will tell lots and lots and lots of others about it, right? That's for sure. That's for sure. So thank you so much for being here. And before we wrap it up, it is time for your five. Well, wait, I, well, wait a second. So, Tim, you got some big news to announce, don't you? I do. Uh, Steve Wheeler and I are going to be doing a podcast called The Tim Fowler Show. <laughs> We're going to be hitting a lot of topics that have a uh, relationship to production management. And uh, I'm really, really psyched about being able to do this and share this information with people. And there is no in guests. Pardon oh, me. There's no one better than you to do it. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> We're going to be bringing in some guests, and I think they're going to be the key to making it really successful. These are all people that uh, have production management experience in some form, whether it's in remodeling, and we're even going to try to get some folks from outside the industry to come in and help us out with uh, setting some challenges for people. Well, I'm going to put a link to. Uh to your your podcast at the, uh, below this in the um in the blog post and and make sure everybody signs up for that and gets it on their app too because we definitely want you listening to tim obviously a fountain of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you again very much and i'd love for you to share your five words of wisdom with our listeners so let's have them okay here we go you ready yep titles are irrelevant character counts <laughs> all right that's nice. a good one that's very, a good one and i totally agree with that one 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. very good tim all right thanks much tim appreciate it talk soon all righty thanks tim. thank you so much man he knows his stuff doesn't he oh, it's always you know you can't lose with uh having tim on oh, no kidding he's just as eloquent and on point every single time i'm excited to listen to his podcast myself I love, I'll tell you what, I love the idea of changing the names of all these things so that it's already kind of just baked in, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, there's no final walkthrough. There's this celebration. Yeah. You know? Yeah, or, that, talk about a change of attitude. Right. And there's no, there's no punch list. There's some other thing he's got to still figure out, but <laughs> there's, you know, it's that, that alone kind of sets the bar. Mm -hmm. It's, it's mm -hmm. brilliant. I know. It's making me think about all the different ways we could put those same principles into place here. Actually. Yeah, it's good so, stuff. Yep, for sure. So another think, good episode. I think you might have found somebody as smart as me, <laughs> oh, which is oh, pretty fascinating. Man. Tim's right up there. <laughs> He's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so uh, 
I am the humble Mark Harari. <laughs> and I'm Victoria Downing. Thank you for listening in to Power Tips Unscripted, and we'll see you next week. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.